Welcome to TMI, a podcast by Henry Ford Allegiance Health. And today we're in the studio with Tim. Tim Ooh. Hernandez, how you doing? Good. Good. How are you, Dave? I'm feeling good. I'm getting some exercise out there. It's summertime. Um, a lot of the COVID restrictions are lifting, and I'm getting some exercise, getting out, getting excited, and something is coming back this year. It is. It's been a little bit. Been the, delayed. Yeah. This this year. This is actually an odd year for it. I know. It's it's cool though. So uh, yeah, the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, Olympians. Yes. Um. So we actually have an interesting connection here at Henry Ford Allegiance Health with the Olympics. We do. And. To talk more about that, we brought in some people from our sports medicine program Yeah, to talk about it. If you could introduce yeah, them, Yeah, I want to introduce our guests we have today. Uh, Ryan Rampola, one of our athletic trainers, and Dr. Joseph Medlin um, are both from our sports medicine practice. They actually helped out with uh, some Olympians who are over in Tokyo, and I'll let them explain kind of what they do a little bit and uh, how they work with some of these folks. So welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having appreciate us. appreciate you guys yeah, coming you. in. And I think... You guys were in Detroit for some competition. Yeah, yeah. We were there for Nationals Week for USA Weightlifting, and uh, we saw, you know, a competition for weightlifters anywhere from age 10 to, was it 35? or? Yeah, I think the oldest was 35 we had. It was 1,000 athletes. Um, something crazy like 9,000 lifts occurred over the 10 days that we were in Detroit. Yes. It's a lot of exercise and a lot wow. of weight happening. There's Lots a lot of weight. Of, <laughs> a lot of weight going overhead, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So like with weightlifting, like, you know, I think people have a general idea. You know, we kind of went to school. We did some lifting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's there's different types. You know, there's people that do bodybuilding. There's, you know, just general weight training. And there's powerlifting, I guess. Can you kind of talk about some of the differences and what, what you were helping with in Detroit? Yeah, so Olympic weightlifting is a little bit different than maybe um, powerlifting where you're kind of maxing out at one one rep, the most weight you can do. Olympic weightlifting is a little bit more dynamic. Um, you have to get the weight over your head, show control. Um, and there's really two different types of lifts, unlike powerlifting where it's like a squat and a bench press. Mm -hmm. Olympic weightlifting, there's two, there's a snatch and a clean and jerk is the only two lifts that you do during a competition. Mm. Um, and so it's a little bit more dynamic. You have to kind of start in a squat position every time. And like I said, get the weight over your head, show control. There's a time component to it as well. And then you get three chances at each lift. Um, and there's a lot of strategy that goes on too, that I've, you know, covering these events over the year that I've, years that I've noticed, uh, you know, lifters going back and forth, changing the weight in between uh, their next lifts kind of trying to strategically place themselves at the top. So there is some strategy involved with it as well. And that's something I, I definitely appreciate kind of the cat and mouse back and forth sometimes. Yeah. Cause you get like, so if you, you, you get good lifts and bad lifts mm -hmm. um, and there's referees that judge the lift. And if it's, this was going to ask, do so they actually score you like on how steady you were? And how uh, so they don't necessarily score you on that. What they score you on is if, if you had control of the weight, mm -hmm. if the, what the lift you had was a proper lift and three of the two judge or two of the three judges, excuse me, have to agree on a good lift or a bad lift. And you get a red light or a white light for a good lift. Okay. Um, and if you open too low, then it's going to be hard to get the highest combination of weight to get first place. Um, hmm. and so like Dr. Medlin said, there's a bunch of strategy that goes in cause you don't want to open too low, but also you don't want to open too high and miss your first lift 
missed your second, and that kind of forces you on mm. your third for each discipline for the snatch and the clean and jerk. Oh, so you get three lifts total. So you kind of you kind of know the competitors know how much weight they can do already. Mm-hmm. They want to probably start make sure they get something good, like in the books at least as a start. Exactly. Yeah, and then towards the end of let's say the clean and jerks part of the session they're going to be bouncing back and forth. So lifter A might be at 96 kilos and jump to 98 and lifter B might have been at 96 and then they go to 99 to force lifter A to go quicker Mm. um, in the kind of the cycle. So there is a big cat and mouse and strategy game that most people don't even realize until. Yeah. And that's where the coaches really come into play with that. So they take care of all of that kind of strategy so the lifters could just kind of be in the training uh, area to concentrate on their form and focus. And that's kind of where we usually hang out as the medical team. So Ryan's our lead athletic trainer for Team USA or USA Weightlifting, and I'm one of the team physicians. So um, we kind of hang out as our medical tent, um, overlooking all of the platforms, the competition platforms, as well as um, all the training platforms for the lifters that are upcoming. So, um, we kind of try and get all eyes, uh, on all lifters or anyone that could be at risk at any time of, uh, getting an injury or a catastrophic injury. And that's the main reason we're, we're at these events. So how long have you guys been kind of working with, with team USA doing these events and being trainers for them? Yeah. So, so this is a, a, an interesting story because I actually met Ryan in Barcelona, Spain, covering one of these events with the International Weightlifting Federation. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, so that was cool. That was about four years ago now when I was in fellowship. So uh, when I was doing my sports medicine fellowship, my mentor and program director was is the medical director for uh, USA Weightlifting. And so uh, during our fellowship, we covered uh, two events and the first of which was about a month into my fellowship in Barcelona, Spain. And that's where I met Ryan and he was the athletic trainer. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a great introduction to the sport at that point in my career. Cause I didn't like, you know, uh, we're kind of explaining, I didn't know all of this stuff about <laughs> yeah. weightlifting back <laughs> then. More, you figure there's more to it. You just like, but I know what, how to lift weights. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So you pick up things over the years and you see some pretty, uh, gnarly injuries sometimes too. A lot of dislocations, but with, when you get up there to some of the, the higher weights, you get concerned of the bar falling on. Uh, the spine or, um, uh, or even on the head or, or, you know, hips, we've seen hip dislocations, cervical spine injuries, and it's, it it can be pretty brutal sometimes. So these are like big weights that they're lifting. That's pretty crazy. I couldn't even imagine doing that much weight at once. Um, I'm sure they build up to it, but what do you guys do to help prevent injuries while you're there? Like what are some of the things that you take into consideration? Yeah, so preventing injuries a lot, usually on the coach um, and and kind of their training sessions they have. Um, We're kind of there, not necessarily to pick up the pieces, but if an Mm. athlete comes over and is like, hey, my back's really tight, Um, can we take a look at it? The the nice thing about our our medical teams that we have are kind of – an integrated aspect. So we would have a chiropractor, mm-hmm. a physical therapist, a massage therapist, an athletic trainer, a physician. Um, so you can really get multidisciplinary care in our little medical areas um, that aren't okay. usually That's much cool. bigger than 12 by 12 sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, so 
from that aspect, then we kind of help the athlete make a decision. Is it safe for you to lift depending on what's going on? Um, if it's just a quick stretch or massage that they need, they can definitely get that in our area. So, um, more of the recovery, um, aspect. Yeah, I would say we're, we're there less for preventative approaches and more mm-hmm. for let's, let's get you lifting safely and, uh, efficiently and kind of triage any of the more catastrophic injuries as well, or, or some of them will come, you know, like this event in Detroit was nine days. And so a lifter might lift on Monday and then come see us on Wednesday. Like, yeah, you know, my shoulder's really bothering me. You Mm -hmm. know, can you take a look at it? And, and so triaging after, or, you know, treating injuries after the, uh, after the event too, or after they're done lifting too, because a lot of them stick around and coach other athletes or, uh, they all work together. So it's, it's a great community to work with and, uh, they're all very motivated patients and athletes. So it's well, no, nice. I imagine too, as some of the injuries you're helping treat because some of them are in Tokyo for the Olympics. I mean, so that this mm-hmm. was before that, so mm-hmm. they got to make sure they're good yeah. for the next competition, <laughs> which is, yeah. you know, so yeah. there's, yeah, we have obviously saw a couple of our Olympians, uh, win gold medals at our national championships. Some of them set new, new U.S. records. US records this, yeah, um, this week. And the, but also some of the younger athletes that we saw are actually um, in Guatemala right now, or actually Colombia, excuse me, at uh, Junior Pan Ams. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a wide berth of uh, athletes that we see that always don't make the Olympics, um, mm-hmm. but do move on to some international competitions that are just as important to them as the Olympics are to our Olympians. Hmm. Cool. So this event that you guys were at this past week in Detroit, um, was that like a qualification for the Olympics or how does that all fit into the scheme of uh, going to the Olympics? And Yeah, competing? so qualifying for the Olympics uh, in weightlifting is based off of a point system. Um, and there was a great physicist hmm. in the, in the um, I believe in Sweden, that basically came up with this point system. And so you qualify based off of points you win or you're awarded at international competitions Mm -hmm. and national competitions. Um, So there isn't like the Olympic qualifying that we see for swimming and track. uh, But they they qualify almost sometimes a year in advance. So they'll know Mm. they'll be going based off of the the point system they have. Um, And so some of our athletes um, had to get higher points moving forward at our national competition that we were just at. Um, so it's not always, um, qualifying events. It's almost like every event is a qualifying event. Um, if you're trying to go to the Olympics, wow. just cause you need those points to move on. Hmm. And for our athletes going, or they're in Hawaii right now. Um, it's pretty cool. We've been seeing them for the last several years competing at these events and you could really see the maturation process and, you know, um, how they've really kind of tweaked their form or, uh, kind of push their bodies, um, getting ready for this kind of, um, you know, uh, this Olympics, you know, the Olympics. So, I mean, it's like the peak of your training is where you want to, this is where you want to peak. This is where you want to do your best. So it's pretty yeah, cool. If you know them a year ahead of time, you still want to compete. Yeah. And yeah. you have to give them credit because they've now had to peak twice, right? <laughs> we wanted the Olympics oh. actually should have been last year, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, COVID. But so they've had to peak again for the second time in a year. And we're talking yeah. some of these athletes, if you're lucky, you go to the Olympics once, maybe twice. Yeah. Um, not everyone's Michael Phelps, but, um, 
to do that twice is just compliments to the Olympic, all of the Olympic athletes this year to be able to do that again for the second time in a, in a short amount of time. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Like that, that can take a lot out of you. Um, how have you guys seen some of these athletes like mentally prepare for this after going through all that and just like, because you were saying it's not like one qualifying, it's like it all builds up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we sat down with a couple of the Olympians when we were at this event and got to communicate with them a little bit. They seem just very easygoing and relaxed and like ready to go. And like um, they they seemed like they were very focused. Um, I don't know that we did anything to really help their <laughs> mental state of mind rather than, you know, maybe providing some reassurance and um, uh, triaging some of uh, some of the things going on with them. But. Um, I, I say they, they seemed focused, um, motivated and enthusiastic and ready to go. Um, some of the cool things they're doing in Japan or not in Japan, um, in Hawaii though, uh, cause they're all there right now is like, they're on different like sleep schedules, getting ready for Tokyo. Oh, like that makes sense. We're really trying to, oh, you know, we're truly really trying to optimize the science of getting them ready for travel. And, uh, during COVID, like, you know, we have all these restrictions for them too, uh, to keep everyone safe. So, um, you know, where historically, I guess the Olympics, you would go and you'd stay there for a while and finish your training off there at the site. You know, we aren't, we aren't really doing that this year. So it's another aspect of things that takes it to a whole different level. So it's true. Usually, yeah, they have their, their Olympic village where all the mm -hmm. athletes stay, you know, a couple of weeks you know, prior to, and then all during the Olympics is where they're at getting yeah. ready, like you mentioned. So yeah, they're, they're basically in a bubble right now in Hawaii and doing their training and getting on, you know, Japan time basically. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Hmm. So with Olympians, do you help with, I imagine both men and women competing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So how does that work with like, in my head too, I'm thinking, is it just whoever can lift the most or is there weight classes? Cause there's, <laughs> Because yeah, totally. bigger and smaller people in general, and absolutely, yes, yeah, so good question. There is eight weight classes. Everything in Olympic weightlifting is in kilos, so two point okay. two times two point two in pounds. American pounds or imperial pounds, hmm. um, imperial weight. So there's eight weight classes, um, and so divided off that by your body weight, um, you will be based in your class. And I think uh, in 2012, the uh, the winner of like the 96 kilo men's class lifted 2.5 his own body weight. Wow. So, so if he's a couple hundred pounds. He's lifting. He's lifting a, well, what is that? 500 pounds? Yeah. Close, close, close to, to close to 500 pounds over his head and showing control of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is very technically sound. And he's too. doing it six times at the Olympics, right? Cause you have three snatches and three clean and jerks, obviously different weight at each one, yeah. but I do three bench presses and reps of a bench press. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't imagine yeah. trying to do that 500 pounds <laughs> over your head um, yeah. and have that confidence for it as well. Well, you mentioned too, that some of the strategy. So if they're setting records, they have to kind of plan that last lift to be a record, right? Is that, is that my understanding? Am I, am Ideally, I right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, or they just come out and so they'll do their first lift, make sure it's a good one, get it in the books and get it recorded. And then they'll come out, maybe try to break that record. And if they do, great. They might add a kilo because you have an automatic kilo increase every attempt you have after a good lift. And so their next lift, might they might break their own record uh, within two minutes of setting it. 
um, which is kind of, which is kind of cool if you think about it. Yeah. 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 And that, I mean, you could meddle in, so that, that brings me to the other, like the scoring part. Mm. So meddling, you could get a medal in just your, um, the snatch. So one event or mm -hmm. you get a medal in the clean and jerk, or they add those two weights together and then you get like a final cumulative the overall, overall gotcha. like the weight of both of those together. And that's how you can medal too. So if you're, you know, the top, the top person at all three for all three weights, then you end up with three golds basically. Yeah. Very cool. So I have to ask, I'm, I'm assuming I know the, I kind of know the answer. You guys aren't going to be in Tokyo, are you? No, we are not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Part of our team is, is, uh, going, um, but it, you know, part of the team that we work with, which is yeah. great. And obviously very limited numbers with, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. with all the, the restrictions and making sure everyone's safe and the, the preemptive measures that they have. So, um, even volunteer wise, it, it, I was talking to somebody and they're going to be significantly down on volunteers just because of, uh, what's going on and over there. So yeah, be excited to see it though. Um, jumping back a little bit. So you guys said you seen some kind of gnarly injuries, you know, obviously we don't want to see injuries. That's not, we want them to stay. <laughs> we well, would like yeah. to be bored. And we would like yes, to be bored and just be bored. watch and enjoy the competition, but we're there in case. Like what kind happens. of things do you see or what have you seen? kind of helping at some of these competitions um, we've seen simple and i say simple simple thumb dislocations elbow dislocations okay uh <laughs> torn bicep muscles um, torn quad tendons torn, yeah tor so a lot of tears a lot of dislocations um weightlifting olympic weightlifting is very dynamic and it makes it very hard on your body um, and you kind of put joints to kind of maximum range of motion. Um, I imagine probably maximum stress with the weight too, how much yeah. they can actually handle. Exactly. Yeah. And in some of these big competitions like the Olympics, you're going to lift every kilo humanly possible for yourself to try mm -hmm. to try to be the best you can on kind of the world stage. It's kind of the pinnacle of Olympic weightlifting is the, the Olympics. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it, I feel bad for people that hurt themselves. Yeah, obviously, yeah, we don't want <laughs> but, that to happen. But we but. know it's, it's cool that you guys get to, and, and you know the people that will be there on in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've worked with them. You know some of those people com competing, right? Yeah, absolutely. We do. Yeah, and one of them uh, is twenty years old, hmm. um, and he's he's got a pretty good chance. C.J. Cummings has a pretty good chance of um, of meddling. Um, which is crazy because at 20, I can definitely tell you that I was not an Olympian. <laughs> he, is, he is athletic and um, built. So, yeah. And Maddie Rogers is another big name that's, she's an amazing athlete as well and a big inspiration to uh, females in the sport too, I would, I would say. So there's that component to it. And the awesome thing about <clears throat> Olympic weightlifting is that some Olympic weightlifters kind of just pick it up randomly because they, they were they like to lift weights and they were a crossfitter and then they found Olympic weightlifting and, um, and you can really excel at the sport if, if you are very d disciplined, um, mm -hmm. and you are, um, very technically sound. It, yeah. And to that point, um, I guess some of the silver linings of COVID that I heard throughout the, the week in Detroit was, uh, some of these high school students that were competing, um, they found weightlifting from, <clears throat> not being able to do their like track and field or shot put or things because COVID was shut down. And then, you know, they might, I was talking to one, um, 
father of a of one of the, one of the athletes, and she was um, she's getting recruited heavily for track and field um, division one uh, to be a thrower, and she's like. I love you. I love weightlifting now. I want to do that in college instead. And she's like, I just, you know, COVID kind of shut down track and in mm -hmm. my state. And so now I, I like this. So she's just kind of picked it up and she's already, it's less than, you know, a year later and she's competing at a national level for her sport. And I think it's, it's those little stories that I heard throughout the week that are very encouraging that, um, you know, for the sport as well. So, yeah. Cause everyone knows someone that has weights in their gym or in their basement mm -hmm, yeah. and kind of, Oh, that's what we're going to do now. Well, and the, the, I always think of the ultimate, like but when you keep saying, I hear you say technical, you know, I always think of like is the world's strongest man or whatever. You see these <laughs> giant, huge guys like <laughs> lifting cars or big boulders. But I'm like, yeah, that when you say technical, I'm like, they're probably not technical at all. They're just lifting as much as they possibly can. Exactly. When I, when I say technical, I mean, when you're going from a squat to bringing the weight up to by your throat, <laughs> mm -hmm. are you able, how quickly you're able to yeah. do that and how quickly you're able to get your hips behind it. And yeah. I, 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 you watch some of those, I think in my head, like I've seen some of those strongest men competition things and some of those guys can barely walk. <laughs> that's more of the powerlifting side of things. Yeah. 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 So, you know what I mean? That's, that's, it's just interesting because there is a lot more you know, a lot more, like I said, physicality to it, a lot more yeah. motion to it that has to be mastered. I yeah. Guess. And it's like any sport, a lot of nuances, um, so. and technique. Mm. That's awesome. So, and I'm assuming you guys are going to, you've been helping for several years now. You're going to continue into the future with the Olympic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, this was actually a nice event because it was close to home. So we were in Detroit and Usually, like I said, you know, we're going to Barcelona or Ryan's. Robenheim, Finland. Yeah. yeah and, uh, imagine Circle. traveling's not Vegas, bad either. No, you know, no, things yeah. like that where we travel around the nation and internationally for these events. But being in Detroit was such a good luxury because we had Henry Ford, Maine that was close by too. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some of those injuries, we were able to coordinate care with some of our partners in Detroit. And uh, it was just very like. I don't know, streamlined. And, and I think people really liked that as it, far as the athletes the with needed care. Yeah. It showed the strength of the Henry Ford system from here in Jackson all the way to Detroit and how seamless that transition of care can be Very throughout cool. our system. Hmm. Awesome. Great. Well, Tim, I think we've learned a lot here today. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, I think I now know why you invited me to help you move next week. <laughs> I have a few heavy couches. Ryan, get me available. into this lifting thing, the idea in my head, so I can help. We you. just have a different build and body. Yeah, and I need somebody to help with the couches. Okay. Yes. Okay. You guys would be perfect Olympic weightlifters. Yeah. Awesome. I wouldn't cool. say that. <laughs> it's worth thanks. a try. We'll be lifting couches, and this might get us started. other household items. I probably. I don't not. think you need to lift the couch overhead, though. Yeah. Just a That's tip. That's true. Maybe a refrigerator. You don't have to move a refrigerator, do you? No. Oh, thank you. We're goodness. off the hook on that one. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Recommend a dolly. Yes. We have we have a dolly, yes. I am not an Olympic weightlifter. I use dollies. <laughs> okay. I use other okay. apparatus to help me carry things. <laughs> Good. So but thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, thanks for having for us. coming on our show and talking with us about, about the Olympic weightlifting and the you know, helping some of those athletes, you know, through our sports medicine program and some of the athletes in Tokyo competing, mm -hmm. which is really cool, I think. Yeah, we're excited. Wonderful. Yep. And if uh, our listeners out there, if you want to hear more of these podcasts, um, you can check them out on iTunes. Um, it's on our Facebook page, on YouTube. 
pretty much everywhere where you can get content, you can find the TMI podcast. So thanks, everybody, for joining, and we'll be back soon. Thank you. Thank you.